Hey there, this is Angie Wachowski, and this is actually Bet On You Radio. And I believe with our radio program that we are featuring some amazing human beings who are sharing their stories about the risk they've taken with their resources, with their time, with their ambitions, with their aspirations. And as we hear their stories, my real great hope is that it connects to something that you want to do. That through the stories of other people, you say to yourself that, hey, maybe I can do this too. One of our guests today is just a huge mentor of mine. I'm a champion of his. His name is Tom Reed. And to set things up, I know when we think of fall sports that people's minds tend to go to football. I mean, it is one of America's greatest pastimes, right? But there is another fall sport that exists. It also has its springtime companion. It is running. It is cross country. And Tom Reed has been a coach for as long as I've known him and much longer than that. He is here today to talk about not just running, but also coaching and some of the powerful life lessons we can gain from, you know, that metaphorical, this is the race that you're in, this race of life, and what it's like to develop young individuals, young athletes to be successful adults. So without further ado, I'm going to kick things off and introduce you, Tom. Thanks for joining us today in the studio. Thanks for having me. This is great. I want to hear about your background because you are a local. You are local to Traverse City, that is. I am. Uh, born and raised in Traverse City. Dr. Good at Munson Medical Center delivered me. Uh, actually, his, his wife was uh, my kindergarten teacher. So, Are you serious? Back in the small days of Traverse City. Those were small days, too. They were small days it's prob- probably the main street at the time nobody traveled through or you traveled fast through it. There was no real big magnet now that there is now. It was, it was a lot smaller back then. But the Cherryland Mall, though. I'm sure you spent the your The old Cherryland <laughs> Mall used to hang out there. That was kind of the big hangout spot uh, when I was teen- when we were teenagers. So uh, the big mall wasn't, wasn't there back then. It was uh, fields, I remember. It was farmland. It was a farmland. Uh, back in the day, I think Art Schmuckle owned that land. So your parents, um, what did they do? So my dad was an attorney uh, in town. His name was Doug Reed. Uh, he passed away about seven years ago. And then my mom, she had passed away when I was young. I, um, I was seven years old when she passed away from cancer. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, my, my dad remarried a couple years later, and I've got a wonderful stepmom still here in town. Um, she's great. So. And you have siblings? I do. I have uh, one brother, one sister. I'm the baby of the family. Um, my sister lives in uh, Fort Wayne, and my brother's in South Dakota. Do they baby you? No. <laughs> Not least. No. Tough love. And you grew up through the GTAC school system. I don't know if it was called GTAC at the I time. Did. Yeah, no, it, it was just called St. Francis, you know, St. Francis Elementary, St. Francis High School. Immaculate Conception was still called Immaculate Conception back then. Um, there was no St. Elizabeth Ann Seton at the time. Uh, but yeah, I did, I did the, the gauntlet. First grade through twelfth grade uh, at St. Francis, and uh, I had a wonderful experience there. So it is, and I think we discovered through conversations that we're about the same age, and that we ran against not against. I'd be really boastful of me to even think that I could run against you in high school, but I ran for Kalkaska. You ran for St. Francis. We were at the same meets together. It's probably that's right. Yeah, you were an impressive high school athlete. When did you realize that you had some running talent? Um, eighth grade. What happened? I had a wonderful track coach. Uh, his name was Bob Sturtz. Um, a wonderful man. 
wasn't like this running guru or anything like that, but just so encouraging. Um, and he made it fun. He made it so fun. Uh, we didn't have a track back then. Uh, we'd, we'd hop the fence at Thurlby Field. And back then, Thurlby was, had a cinder track around it. So sometimes we'd run around that cinder track. But most days, he would tell us, um, hey, go up by the state hospital and, um, and go, go run the hills back there. So that's what we did. There was probably about eight or ten of us. And we'd trailblaze through the front of the state hospital grounds all the way up to this radio tower at the top of the hill up there. And um, back then, the, the hospital, parts of it were still open. So you'd see some patients walking around. They were harmless, but uh, it, was, it was wonderful. It was a great experience, and I think that's what kicked it all off was, for me was, um, was Bob Sturtz. Isn't it amazing what a great mentor can do for you. I mean, just somebody to make an investment in you at that time. And so again, saw talent with you, nurtured, encouraged, and got you on a running path. And in high school, I'm going to share this because I don't know that many people know this about you, but you've got still to this day, the high school record at St. Francis in the mile. Talk us through that. Where were you? What happened? What's the time? We want to hear it. Um, We were... It's funny that I remember. You never forget this, I guess, if you have a record. But we were in Bel Air. There was a, they used to host a meet there called the Heidi Steiner Memorial. Oh, I know that meet. Remember? Yeah. Heidi Steiner. I remember yeah. Heidi the parents, Steiner. The parents uh, hosted that um, in memory of their daughter, uh, who was killed by a drunk, drunk driver, I believe. But um, they had a great track up there. It was beautiful. It was in this valley in the woods. And um, just one of those fast tracks, it seemed like. And uh, I was running against this kid that I always ran against, kind of my nemesis, uh, Casey Shea, the older brother of, of the great runner, Ryan Shea. Of Benzie uh, fame. Of uh, Central Lake. Oh, Central Lake Central fame. Lake, yes. yep. There was a bunch of Shea brothers um, that came out of Central Lake. They're all really good runners. Uh, Ryan was, was probably by far the, the most known, mm-hmm. um, being a, I don't know how, how many time All-American, a national champion. Um, Unfortunately, he passed away um, in the um, the uh, trials for the marathon for the Olympics. Crazy. Um, so back to you, but yeah, Bel-Air. Kate, Casey and I were going at it in the sixteen hundred, and I think my best time before that probably was mid to low four thirties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was four thirty one, I think. God, I can't remember. I remember that. <laughs> um, you never forget a good race. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was at state finals my junior year. But my yeah, uh, that my that senior year, Casey and I were going at it, and we just pushed each other. That's that's all. It's plain and simple. He was pushing me, I was pushing him, and we were we're battling the whole time back and forth. And I out sprinted him at the end. And I'll never forget my coach had a stopwatch, and he's showing me the time, and I I couldn't believe it. You know, I was I was jumping up and down. I didn't realize that I, I had a record time, but. It was it was fun. Uh, Tim Town had the record before before I did, and uh, I broke his record. And four twenty four was the time. So pretty good back then. Uh, I don't know about great. today's standards, but um, that was fun. It was a lot of fun getting that. I think you'd still make the team with that time. I think you would. <laughs> I think they would want you maybe on a relay I'm or two. Su- I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that there are some kids at St. Francis right now that will beat it. So yeah. I think there's a few that can probably take it. Yeah, there's definitely. Well, it's funny is um, as we were talking, 
we have some of the, and I don't think people know this, we have some of the best runners in this community in the nation. Oh, yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know what's in the water. But our kids, again, we tend to think of fall sports and battling on the football field, but our students here are just phenomenal runners. You can look at any school, small school, some of the bigger schools, the Central and, and West, and we've just got the best athletes. Northern Michigan is loaded, and it has been for years. I mean, you can go back. Like I was talking about Ryan Shea and Casey Shea, and there's some other Shea brothers. Um you know, we had Holly Bulla, uh, the Otwell sisters from Traverse City Central. Recently, Julia Flynn, who's at Stanford. Uh, she was, you know, nationally ranked. Hunter Jones right now is is nationally ranked. Um, but I think it's because of the dedicated coaches up here. You were a successful high school athlete. And then you ran in college for a bit. I think you went to Central Michigan for a hot minute, right? I did. It was, it was a very brief minute. Yeah, I am... I, I received a scholarship, small scholarship to run at Central Michigan, and um, I did that for a season and just wasn't for me. So, I, um, but I, st I still enjoyed running. It's just the, the college running um, just didn't fit well with, with, with me. So I ended up- With your um, party schedule yeah. and your activities <laughs> yeah. and your extracurriculars. There was a, there's a lot that goes on with uh, college athletics that's just more than- than the, the training or, or whatnot. And that, that part wasn't for me. So, um, yeah, I ended up transferring to, to the university of Michigan after my freshman year on, uh, on advice from my dad. And it was, it was great advice. Uh, at the time I, I really enjoyed central, but, uh, he wanted me to go to U of M. So that's what I did. And I graduated from Michigan and I had no idea what I wanted to do after school. So I moved back to Traverse city from Ann Arbor and the only thing I knew I wanted to do was I wanted a coach. So I, uh, I walked into the athletic director at uh, St. Francis. I think uh, it was Cindy Elliott at the time. And I, I just told her, hey, if you need anybody that, to help out with cross and, or track, I'm your guy. And she's like, great, we'll take that into account. And a week later, she called me up. And said, hey, we need a cross-country coach. Are you interested? I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. And uh, I coached from the high school varsity cross-country program and track uh, from 97 to 2006. And then I started to have kids and different job. And so I had to stop for a little while. But now I'm back. Now you're back in full force, and I would say that you really moved your dedication to the middle school, which is critical from, we'll call it a talent pipeline, because it's really hard when you're in high school to just jump into running. You know, you've got all these other things, so to think like, I'm not going to be a runner, and then I'm going to be a runner, and I'm suddenly going to be a competitive runner, it's just a hard thing to do, so to have that pipeline is critical. So. You know, it's, that's funny you mentioned that because when, when my first go around at, at coaching, um, that was the big, the big stink was we would not get a whole lot of middle school runners transitioning to the high school level. And there was another guy in myself, his name's Rick Woods. We would always talk about, you know, we got to build a program, got to build a program. So we looked at the football program. And we said, man, if we could mirror something like that, 
we would be really good. And we had a good team at the time. I mean, we won a state championship with the girls in 2003, and we were runner-up with the girls in 2005. And the boys, we just didn't have a whole lot of, of great success uh, at that time. It's changed now. But um, we always thought, boy, if we, could, if we could find somebody at that middle school level to, to, to build that pipeline, uh, that'd be great. Neither one of us wanted to do it because, you know, we were varsity coaches. And our ego probably wouldn't, wouldn't let us do that at the time. But, um, you know, at that time, there was, there was some parent volunteers that would, would, would help out. And they'd do a fine job, um, but there just wasn't any consistency um, of, the, of the program to, to build that pipeline. So, you know, once I started having kids of... Oh, you had four boys. Like yeah. those, that's four risks that you've accepted into your life, <laughs> let alone marriage, right? And you've got a wonderful wife, Jill. But they, uh, once they started uh, running age, I, I kind of volunteered for the elementary uh, just to help out. You know, I was just going to be a parent that was going to help out. And my, my wife kind of looked at me funny and said, yeah, this isn't going to, this is going to be a little bit more than, than volunteering. And well, maybe she was right, but. I envision, or at least I imagine, because I've seen you, you are at the elementary races, you're at the middle school races, and you're at the varsity races. You're there in the fall for cross country. You're there in the spring for track. Like this is, yes, you have a job that you work at successfully to, you know, take care of your family. But to me from afar, this is your life watching young athletes achieve their dreams. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, very. Yeah. It's a passion. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. I didn't, you know, when I, when I had to stop the first time I, I thought I'm done. I'm, I, I did my deal and, and it was great and I had a fun time doing it. And it's been, um, just a, a resurgence of that passion in the last six years where, um, the kids have just been unbelievable and they, they that they keep you going i mean that's if it wasn't for them i i wouldn't do it um but every season every year i get surprised by by something that just keeps the drive alive what i've always been impressed by watching you and you've coached my oldest son and now my middle schooler is that you get so excited not just for the superstars and there are some superstars you get excited for any kid who shows up willing to gut it out for two miles or 200 meters, that there must be something that is very fulfilling to see kids reach their potential, regardless of what success looks like. Yeah. For them. I mean, some kids are naturally talented and that that's great. I mean, good for them that, that they have that, but you know, running isn't just about, you know, taking first place. Running is about getting the best out of yourself. You know, that's what winning is, is getting the best out of yourself. So you can do that, you know, that, that'll get anybody pumped up. So it, it's fun to be able to point out the silver linings to kids when they don't see it. So they might compare themselves to, to other people. You know, there's that old saying, you know, if a fish compared himself to how well he could climb a tree, you know, he wouldn't feel very good about himself. But when you can... <laughs> You can point I've out. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. True story, though. I mean, that's very true. Uh, you know, so uh, when when you when you can show them, and you know, running's pretty. It's not really subjective. I mean, it's it's cut and dry. That the times tell the tale. So when you can show them that, hey, you know, you improved a minute on your time on this on this course, 
um, you know, from, from last year, something like that. And they're, they're like, Oh my gosh, I did. That's, that's really fun to see. They, they, then they start to believe in themselves. They, they see the benefits of the hard work and, and, um, that's the reward. You said something earlier that I think is really important too. going from a really successful athlete to being a coach to, you know, younger athletes, you got to remove your ego and put the focus on them. But with that in mind, you've also said a few things that I've heard you talk because, you know, there are some really strong egos in running. And one of the things I remember you saying that just, I, I quote it and I try to pass it off as my own quote, but it's, um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I love that quote. Yeah. I love that. Maybe you originated that. Maybe you stole it from somebody else too. You know, I, I think that I, I had a um, I'm not sure if I got that from Coach Lukens at Central. I, I think he might have said something to that effect, and I might have expanded on it a little bit. I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but um, we used to say that a lot when I was coaching in the varsity, and I, I just kept on keep on saying it because I think it's so true. Uh, there, there's been been tons of times where you see a kid who really is putting in the effort, putting in the work, they slowly start to surpass that kid that might have had a little bit more natural talent because they're not working hard. Um, and, you know, when they start doing that, I mean, they, again, they can just, the benefits of that are And they carry incredible. it with them to life. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Tom about his answer to my favorite five questions. So... Stay with us, Bet on You Radio. Hey everyone, this is Angie Wachowski. I'm one of the co-authors of Bet on You. This is the companion to the radio program. So if you're enjoying what you're listening to, check out this book. Inside there's some really great guidance and a code that takes you to an online platform that helps you dream better and imagine ways that you can bet on yourself. Check it out. Hey, this is Angie Witkowski, and this is Bet on You Radio. We have Coach Tom Reed here talking about my favorite sport, running. But more importantly for you, if you've ever thought about running, it's not just for physical fitness. It's cheaper than therapy, I promise you. And also, he's a coach. And so if you've ever thought about coaching, this might be a really important conversation for you to get into because it allows you to think of ways that you can find more fulfillment in just watching others around you experience success. So with that, I'm going to ask you, Tom, if I'm listening to this and I think, you know, I've always hated running, but maybe there's something in it for me, where would you recommend starting if I'm starting uh, from scratch? I would just start slow. Um, and and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't track miles. I would, I normally go by time. So instead of saying, oh, you got to go run two or three miles, I would say, well, start out by running 10 minutes, you know, go out five minutes, come back five minutes. And, and build up. So you wouldn't start running seven days a week. You would start running maybe two or three days a week and let your body start to adapt and then slowly add, add more time. That's where I'd, I'd probably start with that. I found when I was training for races, learning to train to time versus miles was game changing. Mm -hmm. And there is no shame in walking. So even right. if it's a couple of minutes running and walking, one minute on, one minute off. Uh, we we do that quite a bit with some of our younger runners, and it it works because eventually they they that the walking phase gets phased out, and they're able to 
to run the whole time. It's amazing too what it does for your mind. Speaking of things and what it does to your mind, I've got my five questions here that you can leave us with some thoughts and words of wisdom, Tom. And so one of the questions I love to ask people who come into the studio is to share a book that inspired you. So can you think of a book that inspired you that you think would be read-worthy among our listeners? You know, there was, there, there's kind of like the book that I read a long time ago. It's, I don't know if it's a self-help book or maybe spiritual book, but there was a book a long time ago called A Conversation with God. I read that in my early 20s, and I still think back of, of some of the some of the quotes that were in there. So I guess that's probably the one that, that sticks out in my mind the most. Um, there's, I'm sure there's a few more, but that's the one that's, that's. I wrote that down. Yeah. So maybe if you're a spiritual person or not a spiritual person, I imagine you can gain some great wisdom. It wasn't, it was, yeah, it was more of a spiritual book, not necessarily religion, but it talked to me a little bit. And then now next question, can you share a piece of feedback that was illuminating to you. So something that somebody said that either shifted a perspective or enlightened you an opportunity. Oh, um, I I've probably, I've, I've asked for mentors uh, before. So like coach Lober, coach uh, Ludka at Traverse city central mentors of mine, just, just general guidance. From them, um, you know, when I talk to like our, our current coaches, Coach uh, Duffing and, and LaBelle at, at St. Francis, um, I don't want to say that there's just one, but it, it's just a combination of all of it. Um, take feedback and, and really, um, really use it to your advantage. I mean, you can, you can take it and, and expand on it, or you can kind of throw it in the garbage if you want. But um, I'd say take it all in. And, and then pick out what you what works best for you. I, mean, I feel like that's kind of coaching, isn't it? Getting feedback on but, your performance you know, and just asking for that feedback to get better. Yeah. There's, especially like in track and field, there's 17 different events. So I remember coming into the, into the uh, when I first started coaching, I didn't know anything about hurdles and long jump and high jump. And, but you just, you ask, you, you go to coaches that know what they're doing and we've got some of the best in the in the state or the Midwest. Even um, you go to them and say, "Teach me," and that's what I did. So. I had uh, Coach Callenber out of Gaylord was my cross country coach in high school, and he gave me a piece of wisdom that changed my life because I would always like blow big races, and he just reminded me before a regional race, you may not do your best here, but that's not why you're here you're going to be a runner for the rest of your life. So don't worry about it. And he was right. Like I blew the race totally. <laughs> and I'm still here. So tell me about like a favorite activity of yours in the community, which I can kind of guess, but I would love to hear from you. I, I love to run. Um, I've been I've been running around this town since like I said, probably eighth grade. Um, we've got, we are so blessed up here with the trail system, TART trails, does an absolute amazing job. They absolutely blew, uh, blew it out of the water with the Boardman Lake Trail. Uh, I don't know if you've run that yet. Oh, like it twice is, this weekend. It, it was awesome. crazy. Awesome. It's beautiful. Um, man, we they, we're we're blessed with with what we've got up here. And then our hidden gem, the at the Commons. It's wonderful up there. Or the Vasa Trail. Or there's so many other little trails that you can get on. 
um, go out and do it. It's like you said, therapeutic, um, if not physically beneficial. Now, I love to always ask this restaurant. It's more selfish because it gives me places that I have to check out. But what's your favorite place to eat in this region? Oh, there's, it's too hard to say Just one. pick one. Um, Pepinero is probably our favorite right now. So when, when Jill and I go out, that's probably our new favorite in the commons. It is awesome. It is. It is wonderful. Now, last question. What is one thing you've learned in life that you think is really important for you to share with others? Something I tell our kids all the time. I tell them, never lose. You either win or you learn. So, and I'll, I'll explain the winning part. So I think that losing is choice. You know, losing is giving up. Losing is quitting. Um, winning doesn't necessarily mean taking first place. Um, there's a great quote by Meb Kaflesky who says, you know, winning isn't always taking first place. It means getting the best out of yourself. So I tell my kids that all the time. You know, you don't, you don't have to lose. That's, that's a choice. Uh, you don't have to take first place. But just get the best out of yourself. And if you don't, learn from it. I mean, that's what life is. It's, it's about learning. If you, if you don't get what you want the first time, you can learn from, from either mistake or, or something that you did. You know, so, you know, what can you learn from this? What can you take away from, from this experience? So if you had a bad race, you know, did you not hydrate enough? Did you not eat? You know, learn from that and then fix it for the next time. I love that we write about that in the book, Bet on You, is the concept of winning. It doesn't have to be that moment on the mountaintop. You can win every single day if you just focus on right. really what enriching fulfilling success looks like and how you're processing those less than best moments you can find some glimmers and hope in them well thank you tom reed for being our guest here on bet on you radio it was just a joy to hear more of your story and thank you for everything you're doing in the community to help enrich these young minds and runners and being an inspiration to us all thank you appreciate it